0: Listen, buddy, if you're looking for the diet frozen yogurt bar went out of business last summer. Actually, I'm looking for a Batman number 14. to the Coffee and Comics Podcast. I am your host, the constantly caffeinated Clinton Robison. And I've recently become aware of an upcoming Kickstarter project that I really had to f- follow up on, folks. Because, you know, there's not many new projects out there that grab my attention by title alone. But this one definitely has. It's a new comic called Bigfoot Knows Karate. See? You're hooked, right? Right. Because, of course, Bigfoot knows karate. Why wouldn't he? And I'm lucky enough to have half of the creative team behind such an audacious comic with me today. Please welcome Dan Price.
1: Hi, Clinton. Thanks so much for having me on today. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you,
0: sir. Thank you. So, before we really get like into you know uh, some other background, I have to know. Where does the idea for Bigfoot Nose Karate come from?
1: I traditionally am a uh, am a comedy comic book artist and writer. I love funny names. I love and I work in the world of advertising and marketing. I'm a creative director, so I love things. I love headlines with a hook. Uh, that's really kind of where it started from. I found I, I came up with the name Bigfoot Nose Karate when I was exploring a different project I was working on several years ago. I came up with the name for it then. And originally it was going to be this goofy thing where Bigfoot knew karate, but he also lived in like the suburbs and worked in the mall and had to take out, you know, people in the, in the you know, the, in the mall food court doing karate. It was this very goofy thing that would have fit in very well with the other books that I was, I had worked on at the time. And, but I, you know, certain things had happened, um, over the years I had, uh, I stepped away from comics just was raising a family and uh, my creative partner that I'd worked with for many years had actually had passed away and it was kind of a fresh wound. So I wanted to kind of step away from comics and just have some time just to kind of reflect on things coming back into doing comics now. Uh, I wanted to do something new and I didn't want to go back to the well. Bigfoot uh, knows karate was that one of those things that was sitting in my uh, idea book that I'd just been sitting on. So I uh, started playing with this about three years ago, started playing with what Bigfoot would look like and all of that. And, And as I was drawing him, I knew it wasn't a comedy anymore. I could feel that I had grown up, I had matured, things had changed and the book that I needed to do also needed to mature and change too. And so the artwork was directing me down a much more kind of a action adventure, uh, psychological thriller type story than uh, what I originally initially attended to do. And so now we've ended up with a big foot nose karate that's akin to Godzilla versus Kong meets kill bill. And um, that's what we're, that's the kind of book that I'm, that we're putting together. I'm the, uh, creator of the book and the artist and co-writer and i work with casey allen who's the co-writer and editor for bigfoot knows karate and i gotta tell you i could i mean look i've been doing comics since 2007 with a couple year bro with a few year break there this is the best time i've ever had making a comic book in my life
0: well that's good to hear and according to the website uh you've done work on guano man is that right
1: guano guy uh, yeah, guano yeah Mark guy. gardens guano guy yeah I, I did uh some cover work for that I think I did another cover for another book of his uh Mr Marvelous man uh, I've done some work for Halloween man by drew Edwards um, I've done covers for that interiors I actually have a crossover project that I'm doing with him uh that'll be coming out next year that's uh one of my uh one of my properties Latex Avenger is going to meet Halloween man so we're gonna be doing that next year but i've yeah I've done recreate our own series on top of those things that we just discussed i did latex avenger uh, and it was a it was a uh superhero satire uh and he had a psychic named spermicidal foam lad and together they repelled crime 99.9 percent of the time (laughs) very ridiculous stuff Uh, i did masters of the obvious which was a sci-fi space parody you had characters like dr biclops he has two eyes the visible woman, you can't miss her. Uh, they had uh, LeBron, the snapping turtle. Don't make him snap; you wouldn't like him when he snaps. And uh, a host of other characters. They they fought the my little jabronis and the uh, puggalos, <laughs> which were like you know the the insane clown posse pug dogs. Uh, you know Darth Redenbacher. I mean, I love crazy characters. I love coming up with fun stuff. So uh, and the, you know and so like Bigfoot. Like I said, it started off as a comedy concept, but. It changed. <laughs> it changed into something <laughs> completely different. So
0: Well, I just know I, I saw Guano Guy on your resume and that kind of popped out because, you know, we're big fans of Sam Johnson and Geek Girl over here, so Oh, very you know, cool. And there was yeah, a recent crossover between the two. Oh
1: you know, really? A little,
0: yeah, a little cameo of Guano Guy and in one of the issues. It was really neat.
1: That's awesome. Mark's a good guy and he's got a good, he's got a good book out there. Um, yeah, he's got a really cool book. So I I wish him nothing but the best for sure.
0: Okay. So now that we've got that little origin out of the way, let's, let's rewind a little bit and, um, you know, find out just exactly where, where you're coming from on all this. So I take it you've always been a fan of comics.
1: Since I was eight years old, I'd like to thank Carlos Nosa, my next, uh, my neighbor around the way, uh, for uh, introducing me to comic books. Because I still talk to him today; we still have that in common. It's pretty cool. Wow, that is really cool. <laughs> yeah. So,
0: so how how did you get uh, started, like actually doing your own comics?
1: Oh, it started back in uh, well, I'm a, I was a teenager when in 1992 when uh, Image Comics. First came out, and uh, you know, up until that point, I loved comics and I loved drawing, and maybe, maybe wanted to draw comics. I really don't remember. But when uh, when Image Comics came out and creator own comics became a thing, that's when it became a thing for me because I really didn't care about drawing Spider-Man or Wolverine or Superman or Batman. I, it, it didn't matter to me. I, I I always was kind of coming up with my own stuff anyway, and when I saw that happen. I was hooked. Like that's how I, how I needed it to be. So um, I, yeah, I did that. So, and then in high school, there was a uh, small uh, comic studio in the old neighborhood that I grew up in uh, that they were making their own books and I was blown away. And I, they let me do, they let me hang out in the studio and I do some coloring here and there for them. And, you know, just be a grunt around the, uh, around the area, you know, just to, you know, erase this, help out with that. You know what I mean? Those types of things. Mm-hmm. And, uh and th- they uh, offered me when I was in college, they, my freshman year, they offered me uh to do my own book. They like, said, okay, you want your own book you're ready. And so I was going to do a book called Soulbender. bender. Uh, that was the first property that I came up with. And I was like 18 years old and he could like literally go into your body, pull out your soul, do damage to your soul, like just kind of flick you on the head and you'd have a, a tweak, you know, like a, like a, little spasm after that when once he put the soul back in or it could do big damage that you'd become a you know a uh uh, a vegetable after you know what he did to you it was one of it was a very odd concept uh but i was several pages into that when the studio folded and i was uh so i never got to put that project out and uh i didn't make my and that was 18 i didn't actually make my first real comic book until i was 30 uh when i did the first issue of latex avenger so, um, it took a while to get from the first thing to the second thing, but once I got into it, I was kind of hooked after that. I was, I was ready to keep making more. So I did what, seven, eight issues of latex adventure. And then Bon and I created masters of the obvious, which was, uh, for hound comics. And we did that project. And that was a, about a year and a half run on as a web comic. And then we compiled it into like a 60 page book. And then, um, after that, uh, we did a project Bon and I did a project for the Stan Lee Foundation that was called uh, Excelsiish, The Uphill Adventures of a Boy Named Stanley. And Excelsiish were supposed you would like suppose the concept that Stanley was a little kid in a neighborhood and he had a, a fertile imagination and a bully to deal with because of uh, because of legal reasons, we weren't allowed to use Spider-Man and the thing and Fantastic Four and all this stuff. So we had to really mask what we did. So there was characters instead of like Galactus, we had the bully was named Galakowitz, and uh, Galakowitz was, uh, was the bully of the neighborhood. He wore a purple shirt, big kid. And he hung out with this kid in a silver, uh, silver t-shirt and his name was Harold. He carried a skateboard with him wherever he went. Oh. And, uh, and you know, and his buddies, he had his buddies reading. too. So here goes the dog, by the way. I mean, you know, if you can't hear that, okay. Uh, he had the uh, he had his buddies Reed and Sue, and they tried to make their own superhero to stand up against the Lackawitz. His name was Parker Peterson. You can see where I'm going with this. I mean, it was a lot of veiled Marvel jokes and that sort of thing. But it was fun, and enjoyed that. And then once that was done, that's when I stepped away from comics for a while. And then only just came back a couple of years ago doing some work for like for Guano Guy for Halloween Man, uh, you know, that type of thing. And then working with the Comic Jam, which is how I met Casey, and um, which leads us to where we are today.
0: Cool. So, what would you consider your major influences on your style? <clears throat> other than Okay,
1: <laughs> well, yeah, now, now Image, when, image was a w- image comics when I was young. Artistically, was was definitely an influence. But image today, it's more of a it's a ceremonial thing because I don't draw that way anymore. I don't write that way. I don't think that you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. It, like it, things have changed a lot. So uh, these days, I mean, look, I think everybody is a uh, Jack Kirby. Everybody would say Jack Kirby's a uh, an influence of theirs, um, and there's a good reason for it because he is an influence on everyone. Uh, so he's number one. Frank Miller would probably be number two. it's um, just the way he tells the story. I don't think that the artists that I look up to are necessarily the most beautiful of artists. Like I think Jack Kirby and Frank Miller's work is absolutely gorgeous and outstanding, but it's not, it's not, you know, it, it, it's, you know, it, it, there's, uh, Miller is a Picasso compared to uh, a compared to a, a you know a Van Gogh or a, compared to a Da Vinci. You know what I mean? There's uh, there's a lot of room for interpretation on his work, and you know, and it, I think both Kirby and Miller, they just know how to pace a story. They know how to tell a story. They know how to move a camera, that sort of thing. Which is something that I'm constantly working on. Is getting better at moving that camera around because I can from drawing comedy comics, I just can do two shots of people standing next to each other day in and day out. Like it's no, like it's nobody's business, but when you're drawing something that's far more cinematic, um, moving that camera around just becomes that much more important.
0: Wow. <laughs> Look at you dropping all the, the references and stuff. wish I'd have paid more attention in humanities now.
1: <laughs> Sorry, man. <laughs>
0: oh, you're fine. Right. So, uh, How exactly do you and Casey break up duties on the comic?
1: So um, I wish Casey was here to tell this part because I like it how he tells it. But um, so I, I when I came up with the comment with the with the comic idea several years ago, back in like 2017, 2018 is when I was really starting to sketch this up. Uh, Casey would see me doodling it on Instagram. I'd post, you know, drawing here and there and he'd reach out and he goes, so what are you doing with this exactly? I'm, I don't know, Casey, I don't know what I'm doing with it. And so he kept pushing me and pushing me to, um, to work on the book. Well, I I was still in my, in my time off period, so to speak on creator own stuff. When I definitely decided to uh, get started, I wrote out an outline, for five issues of what's going to happen basically between here and the, you know, how it's going to begin, how it's going to end and how we're going to get there for the most part. Uh, I had the high level concept down and then I probably had a lot of the, the pages mm, pretty figured out. Like I knew how the issue one was going to begin and how it was going to end. I knew the, the beats, but I needed some help in uh, I needed some help in the execution. I'm used to writing one shot comedy comics uh, Casey is a brilliant writer. Uh, he's currently got a book on Kickstarter called voodoo child right now. That's, uh, outstanding. That's the issue twos is on, uh, on Kickstarter. Uh, issue one was brilliant, but, uh, and I knew he could handle something this big in scope. And so I called him up and I was like, look, I need somebody to help me with, the you know, and he goes, well, I can help you with the editing. And I said, sure. And as we started talking more and more, uh, it became, you know, he, it became, you know, one of those things I'm like, why don't you just help me co-write this thing? And so what he's, he's taken what I, what I gave him, which was you know, not the longest, not the longest comic Bible, but you know, it was pretty meaty. I had a lot of information there. Um, and he was able to help me pace out certain things like the, the main baddie in the comic, his name is Kung Fu Thulu. So Bigfoot knows karate actually is fighting a Cthulhu character in the book. And, um, it's, a uh, who's just kaiju size compared to Bigfoot who probably stands about 10 foot tall. Um, the, the two of us, um, well, I, I, gave what I had to Casey and he, he helped me pace out the big fight scene. We talked out ideas and he would kind of break it down for me. So I have a, an easier time of understanding how to write it or how to draw it. We, uh, we really worked on Kung Fu Thulu a lot together because, uh That having a Cthulhu character or a Kung Fu Thulu, the name itself, that was Casey's name, you know, and, uh you know, so we really talked a lot about that character. How would he speak? How would he talk? You know, and so we really like the dialogue that you'll see in here. I can't tell you who's is who's and what's what in the, in the final script, because we wrote it so much together, uh, writing over the top of each other's stuff. I'm blue. He's red, you know, we're writing over the top of each other's stuff in the Google drive, you know? And so it's the oddest collaboration Clinton that I've ever worked on in a project. i I've never co-written something before. I don't think. Um, and, uh, so it was very, no, I mean, well, I did the crossover part, but with, with Drew that's coming up. But, I mean, even then, Drew wrote the plot for that. All I did was write the scripting for my certain characters. So this has been a, unlike any other collaboration I've ever had on a comic. Um, that's a long answer to a very short question. I apologize.
0: <laughs> well, it sounds like you guys are having a lot of fun with
1: it. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Okay, so I have to ask. And this is you know, where people are going to like either keep going or tune out. So no pressure. Okay. But have either you or Casey ever seen Bigfoot?
1: No, no, they have not. And I uh, know I have not. And I don't think he has either. And, uh, actually I know he's not, cause I've actually asked him the question. Um, uh, something that I did a lot of research on this, uh, you know, starting in, uh, January, when I really came up with what the plot was going to be, I started really doing a lot of research on that, you know, on Bigfoot himself, you know, learning the lore of the character and that sort of thing. So I watched a a few documentaries and what I learned by watching those documentaries and doing the reading that I, I, that I did, there's some things that are similar from culture to culture and story to story. But the one thing that I, that is the same throughout, no one has actually ever seen a Bigfoot. That's that's what I that's what I that's what I came to like was, when the, the hard proof they never have it. So that's the one rule I actually took with me into this comic is, well, if no one's ever seen a bigfoot in reality, maybe you can't see a bigfoot in this world.
0: Well, I just have to ask, you know, because sure. I, I live in a state where they recently allowed legal bigfoot hunting. And are you serious? I am dead serious. What what state are you in? I am in Oklahoma.
1: Oh wow, okay. We're just we're neighbors. I'm in I'm in Texas, so.
0: Oh, awesome. But yeah, you know, there's even a bounty for bringing in a live one, so.
1: Well, let me know how that works out. Uh, uh
0: yeah, I ain't paying the money to get my Bigfoot hunting license. Thank you much.
1: <laughs> <What is it? laughs> I don't know
0: what it costs, but
1: I ain't paying It's not much. even worth it, right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Plus, you know, given the preview of the comic Bigfoot is anything like what you're depicting? I ain't getting close enough to even try it.
1: Absolutely. Is that Bigfoot? Absolutely.
0: You know, he, he's, he's merciless.
1: <laughs> oh, absolutely. I mean, this is uh, you know, I mean, I can't speak for all Bigfoot, but my <laughs> Bigfoot, you know, he's a he's 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 a very gentle cryptid uh warrior, but he is a cold-blooded individual as at the same time, you know, I think he fights for the underdog. You'll see that in the comic, and uh, but he knows how to survive. Um, his uh, the first issue of the book is called Bigfoot Knows Karate: Hunter Prey, and uh, and it, it it works under the pretext that you know anyone can be a hunter and anyone can be a prey at any given time, and any given in any circumstance, and that's one of the kind of the the themes that goes throughout the book. You will see that that who's the hunter and who's the prey? Shit a lot throughout the story. And, uh, and, uh, yeah, we have, a, we have a lot of fun doing it too, because whether it's, uh, he's de- protecting little bunnies or he's taking out hunters or he's dealing with, you know, a, uh, 80 foot Cthulhu, you know, uh, he's, he's staying busy, you know, he's, he's a busy boy.
0: Okay. And I'll just have to ask, uh, what would you consider the rating on this comic? Because like, is
1: yeah, it's yeah. gonna be it, it'd be a, a, I think like a PV sixteen type thing, you know, rated R. I guess mm. would be the yeah, probably so. Yeah,
0: I mean it's 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 not gonna be the cutesy family
1: friendly, but no, no. I've done the cutes, I've done I've done the comedies I've done the PG comedies I've done the U seven comedies that were aimed for children. This was this was this was for me. You know, I, have not ever, well, I'm not ever, you know, I mean, uh, you know, my first project latex Avenger, that was pretty blue, but in a different way, completely. I'm not a, I'm not into horror. I'm not in even really watching violent television. I mean, I couldn't even make it all the way through the sons of anarchy series. I was like, okay, I'm done after like season three or something like that. It was just too much, but this, this is so, this is what the volume turned up to 11 so high that I think we're eking to 12. And the uh, the over the top aspect of the violence is is so much so that it's almost comical. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I, I can follow that.
1: Yeah. So, you know, I if you get if you get stuck with a sword, you're not it's not like put on a band-aid, it's like you're you're gushing. You know, it's kind of one of those things. You ever see the old Saturday Night Live with Julia Child, Dan Aykroyd doing Julia Child?
0: <laughs> oh my goodness, no.
1: No, you've never no, seen this that? No, this sounds
0: hilarious, though. Okay,
1: so Dan Aykroyd, Dan Aykroyd back in the day is playing Julia Child on uh, Saturday Night Live. And he's, okay, everyone. And he's like, you know, I can't do the voice, so bear with me. But he cuts his finger during it, and he puts a Band-Aid on. But the gush starts going further. And he puts another one on, and pretty soon there's just a geyser coming out of him. And he can't stop the bleeding, and he keeps trying to cook while it's happening. That's kind of what we're doing here, oh you know, it, it, it's to that level of, of absurdity to oh where God. that's why I, I don't even, it, it looks kind of ominous, I think, in, in the story at some points. Maybe I am so close to the story, I don't know how, I, I, I see it through my funny eyes that maybe I'm seeing it a little differently than the audience will. But for me, it's, it's not so, it's not so violent that it's, it's so over the top, it kind of makes it ridiculous. Okay.
0: So when does the Kickstarter for this go
1: live? (laughs) October
0: 13th. October 13th. So everybody will have plenty of time to mark it on their calendars, folks. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, is there a specific uh, URL they can find it on?
1: Uh, On Kickstarter, no, but you can currently go to uh, www.bigfootnosekarate.com for uh, all the information I'm still working out the Kickstarter stuff right as we speak. So I will be getting that preview page up ASAP.
0: Okay. And uh, do you have any stretch goals in mind for when those pledges start pouring in?
1: Yeah, we've got a few different things that we're offering, uh, stretch goals wise, we're going to be doing, uh, I believe we're going to be doing a trading card as well as the poster. Uh, if we add certain points and um, also there'll be a sticker option and, uh, Got a couple things planned. The books themselves on the Kickstarter, I think, are what are really cool because we've got, i we're doing two different editions of the book, uh, and what I mean by that is there'll be a regular edition that has uh, it's a 30 page story, uh, full color. And then the deluxe edition is going to be a 44 page book, the 30 page story plus the fan art gallery, which we've received over 50 pieces of fan art already. Wow. Uh, and the book isn't even released yet. I mean, so much beautiful work. I'll get into that in a second with you if you don't And but we've got the the fan art gallery as well as some extra secret sketches that I've done and something really special. Clinton, um, the, this is in the deluxe edition only. There's going to be a, um, the ability to watch a director's uh, a director's commentary, if you will, or roundtable discussion about the comic. So there'll be a QR code in the in that edition, and they can scan that with their phone, and it will take you to a private video that will have myself, Casey Allen, and a few other really amazing people who are going to sit through and we're going to go through the book page by page, talk about what really you know the genesis genesis of this whole project what our plans really are and what, you know, our, how, what we're doing in this issue and what our plans are for the future. One of the things that we've had, uh, the issue we've had with this book is that it's got a really gnarly twist at the end. Um, you know, it, it's, it, it looks like you think, you know, Bigfoot knows, knows karate. Oh, that pretty much sums it up. Yeah. You know, it really does. And then once you get to that, you know, to that final act in the first issue, You're like I don't know anything that's going on here, and I can't wait to read more. I mean, the twist is really good, and I'm, you know, and so um, we've been really guarded about how to talk about it, and uh, so I'm really looking forward to the doing that commentary video because we're finally going to get to spill the beans on a lot of things that we haven't been able to talk about these last few months, and I think that the readers are going to really enjoy that extra benefit.
0: Man, that that's so unique, though.
1: Yeah. I've never seen anybody do it. Yeah. Gosh. You hear that, folks?
0: This is why you need to be looking at these Kickstarter comics. Because people are coming up with creative ways to just bring you everything you didn't know you wanted.
1: That's that's the best way I've heard that put so far, Clinton. Thank you. I mean, seriously, because I've said this, I've said this before. This is the book you didn't know you need until you. And what did I say? I'm sorry. I'm trying to quote myself back on something. <laughs> uh, you know, this is uh, you. Well, like you think you know what the book is, but you, going in, but you, this is the book you never knew you needed to read, but you've got to have it. It's uh, it's um. You mentioned before at the right at the beginning of the podcast that you know you you know the name alone kind of gets you. I love a good hook when, you know, I love a good hook. And if you can come up with that idea that grabs people's attention and grabs their imagination, that's what I'm all about. And I mean, the Bigfoot foot knows karate. I mean, the title does say what it does, what it is, but it's once you get through those pages, you're going to realize it's a whole lot more.
0: <laughs> well, I'm glad you said you like a good hook because I do have a few more questions for you. Yeah. And these are just a little bit tougher. But they've uh, kind of become a bit of a trademark for first-time guests on the show here. Okay. So, you know, no pressure or anything, but this is pretty much going to really determine if people are going to be your fans or not. Okay. <laughs> well, all right. maybe not, but, you know. So, starting out, you know, here on the Coffee and Comics podcast, we are big fans of coffee, but we do support a beverage of choice. Because coffee is not always for everybody. Right. So, Dan, what do you consider your beverage of choice?
1: Uh, I'm, all right. Well, I'll be honest with you. I'm not a coffee drinker. Uh, I'm not even a caffeine drinker. Uh, so I haven't had regular caffeine in six, seven years. Um, so coffee's kind of out of the question for me. So I would probably, if I could have anything, my favorite thing in the world is a Coca-Cola, a nice cold coca-cola uh but again caffeine so i only have them very sparingly but so i look forward to them the most if i'm going to drink alcohol it's tequila uh nice silver tequila i'll do that but i'm not even much of a drinker so (laughs) i get it so this bottle of water that i have right here seems like my most trusty thing (laughs) that i uh that i vibe on the most often but i mean yeah so my i I probably lost your entire fan base right now (laughs) sorry guys uh, yeah you'd
0: be surprised how many people are um, not in the pro coffee camp
1: yeah but i've never still been a listen. coffee fan yeah i've never I just never <laughs> never took to it i love the smell my wife drinks coffee and i wake up in the morning and like coffee smells like morning as far as i'm concerned it's like a, it's a it's a great aroma and i enjoy it but just never took to the taste plus my folks are from england too so uh-huh. they they drink hot tea and uh so i am a i am a tea drinker i have my decaf PG tips that I get over Amazon because you can't find them in the store anywhere. And I will drink tea and my mom will come over when, you know, every couple of months when she comes to visit and we'll, we'll drink tea together. It's it's lovely. (laughs) That's what you're supposed to say when you drink tea. It's lovely. So anyway.
0: (laughs) All right. So next question. Sure. Betty or Veronica.
1: Oh, goodness gracious. That's, that's awesome question. Can Can I have them both? (laughs) <laughs> oh, no. Okay. No, uh, no, to no, take no. The, I'm
0: no, gonna, no I'm Archie, take you have Betty. to choose. I'm going to take
1: Betty then. I'm going with Betty.
0: All righty. So, uh, I hate to tell you, they, they get a little uh, harder from here.
1: Okay. Well, my my wife seems more like a Betty, so I'm going Betty. But, yeah, okay. let's go. You got it.
0: Okay. So, would you say you prefer the Wolfman Perez Teen Titans or Claremont Byrne X-Men?
1: That's a tough one, man. Um, all right, then I'm gonna have to go the Claremont Byrne X-Men only because I, it's not because of Wolfman Perez. That's an amazing team. It's just it's just the characters. I, I never really gravitated to Teen Titans, but the X-Men run. I mean, John Byrne in that time period could do no wrong. You know, as far as you know, whether it was X-Men, Fantastic Fourers, run on Superman, like those three things back to back, incredible. And Claremont, you know. Is is an is an amazing writer. He's prolific. I mean, he's more verbose than most writers, especially at the time. Uh, but that team made it work so well. They they just told an the amazing story.
0: righty. So uh, in recent years, this one has kind of become a question that seems to be running out of options, but. Uh, which comic book series or character do you think is most in need of an animated or live-action adaptation?
1: Ooh, that is getting tough. Um, all right. Uh, stuff that, okay, so do you ever read a book back in the day? Well, no, I wouldn't know. But, see, they're doing the Sandman coming up soon on Amazon or wherever it's going to be. I mean, I can't, I can't even believe that they're doing that, that they're going to pull that off. That's going to be amazing. Sin City would have been another one that I'm like, that need but it had an amazing movie. Um, gosh. Let me think. Hold on. Give me one second here. I'm looking around my office to see if there's <laughs> anything on the walls that I'm like, oh, bad. Um, I mean, I can't say my own character, my own comic because that'd be ridiculous. I mean, although it does. It definitely needs the treatment. Monkey Man and O'Brien by Arthur Adams. <laughs> okay, have you ever heard of it? No. This... Okay, Arthur Adams back in the, in the uh, when Image popped uh, in the nineties, a bunch of other companies did their own lines of stuff, including uh, the Legend imprint over at Dark Horse. Okay, that's where Frank Miller's Sin City came up. That's where Jeff Darrow did uh, the the. Uh, robot, uh, Rusty, Rusty and the big, the, the big guy and Rusty the robot. Mm-hmm. There was a bunch of those things. Well, and Hellboy as well. Hellboy was the other big one. Sin City and Hellboy were probably the biggest ones out of the run. Arthur Adams had a miniseries. It was called uh, Monkey Man and O'Brien, and it was about a, a giant, a, a giant space ape uh, named Axwell Tiberius, and he showed up in from his dimension into ours. And uh, Anne O'Brien was the daughter of some wealthy industrialist or something like that. And scientist type mind. And she's overly strong. I think they did some sort of uh, experiment on her. It was amazing. And it was such a throwback to the early 1960s silver age Marvel stuff with, you know, just what we'd call Kaiju now, but back then it was just giant monsters walking through the city and, you know, and the, the art style just lent itself to it. Like, uh, Arthur Adams is such a is such an amazing uh, amazing artist, but he wrote one hell of a story with that uh, Monkey Man and O'Brien, and they did a mini series of it, and I think and some Dark Horse Presents stuff, but that was it. So, wow. yeah. Um, another thing that uh, was good was um, you remember a, uh, there was a company called Blackball Comics. Do you remember them hmm. by chance? Okay. No, no. Okay, no. so uh another thing that is uh okay, so um you know what actually forget all of that here's here's what they need to do, okay, well, the first part we'll go with the first part about uh about monkey man O'Brien, but I know they've made a justice league movie just just uh, the j l a movie or whatever it was called um here recently. But what they need to do is a Justice League movie, like Keith Giffen and, Mark, uh, and uh, Kevin Maguire's Justice League, mm, uh, that, yeah. you know with like Blue Beetle, Booster Gold, you know, have Batman in there, but only sparing cartoon of that. Uh, I'll take a cartoon of that because that is my favorite Justice League, uh, JLA run of all time. I thought that was so out of place and brilliant and quirky, um, even as a kid, and to this day, I still will look back at those issues and just. You know, just shake my head in disbelief that they pulled that off back when they did.
0: (laughs) There's a great podcast covering that run right now, too. Is there really? Yes. It's over on the Fire and Water Network. It's the uh, uh, JLI Wahaha podcast.
1: I'll have to check that out. I'm going to write that down. Okay. I'm writing that down as we speak. Okay.
0: I think they're about about three years into it right now, and it's I mean, it's so good. It, it's done I'll with nothing but love.
1: Yeah, I'll check that out. I'm a big fan of that. I even when they come out with the new stuff from time to time, I always pick those up. You know, the, a mini here, or one shot there, or whatever mm. that stuff. So I, excuse me, I always try and grab that stuff. So <laughs> that's great. I have a Kevin McGuire uh, signed piece up in my office right now. That's uh, it's, but it's Batman, it's the, it's the jail, it's the you know, Justice League number one cover set up, mm-hmm. but it's the whole, uh, Batman 66 cast all drawn, you know, just to perfection <laughs> behind them. So it's gorgeous. And I have that signed. And then right above my head, I have a life magazine cover of Adam West in full costume. So, uh, yeah, so I'm a big Batman 66 fan. So I'm stoked when they made the, uh, when they made the comic of it, I thought that was great.
0: That is wonderful. Yeah. Okay, so moving on, villain most in need of decaf.
1: <laughs> That's an amazing question. Um, villain most in need of decaf. Doom, probably von, uh, probably Victor Von Doom. He could lighten up. Also, uh, the Green Goblin could probably you know, the original Green Goblin, uh, Norman Osborn. He could lighten up too. Um, there's a few of them that could really lighten up, uh, you know, just, uh, just a little less, you know, lower the dosage, a little less caffeine. <laughs> I think the world would be a lot better place for some of these folks or for all of us, actually. So,
0: all righty. So who is the best super pet?
1: Oh, hands down. Crypto hands down. Crypto. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm gonna, I mean there's crypto, they're streaky. That's from the Superman family. Is there a lot of other? Uh, is there well, a lot of other ones? I mean, you've got Ace the
0: Bat Hound. You've got oh right, uh, Beppo the Super Chimp. You've got Comet the Super Horse. You've technically got yeah, Frody in the Legion. You've got the Pet Avengers. Uh, you know.
1: Well, I mean, I guess if Rocket counts as a pet, you could do <laughs> Rocket Raccoon. I mean, he's pretty cool. I don't think he'd be enjoy being called a pet. Um. So I mean, no, I'm gonna go OG on this one. I'm going crypto.
0: Okie Dokie. So I really have to ask. Yeah. Can, can Mighty Mouse beat up the George Reeves Superman?
1: Well, my, Superman would win because Superman's a real person. Mighty Mouse is just a cartoon.
0: But I saw it the other day. He was lifting five <laughs> elephants. <laughs> Absolutely love it when people know what I'm talking about.
1: Oh man, I use that all the time. That's one of my favorite lines from that movie. Superman can't beat, uh, Mighty Mighty Mouse can't beat up Superman. Superman's a real guy. Mighty Mouse is just a cartoon. I mean, I love that.
0: (laughs) Okay, so one more question, and it is a doozy. Okay. Would you prefer a lifetime of cheap comics? but Dr. Doom has a grudge against you or comics are highly expensive, but Dr. Doom owes you a favor.
1: You know what? Um, I think that if I had, I think I'm going to take the Don Corleone approach to this, uh, to this answer. And I think it's better to have somebody owe you a favor. I love comics, but you know what? The favor could have come in really in handy from doom. He's a guy who knows people. (laughs)
0: Oh, well, that pretty much sums up those questions.
1: Fair enough. Fair enough.
0: <laughs> oh, Dan, I do appreciate you joining me today and letting everybody out there know about Bigfoot Nose Karate. Absolutely.
1: Thank you so much for having me. Yeah.
0: Uh, before we wrap up, though, uh, do please let people know where they can find you online and sure. uh, you know, give them that website address for Bigfoot Nose Karate one more time.
1: Sure. Um, you can find me, uh, Well, Bigfoot Nose Karate, you can find us at bigfootnosekarate.com. Can you believe the URL was not taken? I'm shocked. And uh, <laughs> the uh, karate.com. I'm on Twitter and Instagram um, as uh, at Danomite139, that's D-A-N-O-M-Y-T-E-139. Uh, Casey Allen is uh, for both Instagram and Twitter. He is also uh, he's a uh, case. Uh, no, I'm sorry. He's robot robots eat guitar. So robots eat guitar. That's what his name is on both of those platforms as well. So um, you can find us there. Definitely look out for the Kickstarter October 13th. Uh, we will be doing the deluxe edition, the regular edition. We have, there's variant covers for both one by Adam Caswell and another by Matt Um We've got, you know, like I said, we're doing that, uh, the, the commentary video that's going to go along with the, with the comic, the deluxe edition. So something different there, that's for sure. And we've got, even got a uh, awesome, uh, we've even got an awesome exclusive t-shirt that we're going to be doing for this, for this campaign as well. So, Fun stretch goals. It's going to be a lot of fun. But yeah, check me out on, like I said, in, real quick, just to reiterate, uh, Instagram, Thanomite 139 On October 13th, that night, we will be doing a live uh, launch party. So we'll be starting at 6.30 Eastern. Uh, we'll push the Kickstarter button live online at 7 p.m. Uh, and let's see what happens. So we're going to have probably 15 people come through the live stream that night. To be live with us, talking about the comic, talking about their projects, and just having some fun to, you know, to have a little bit of a party and launch this thing off properly. So, check us out that night; you won't want to miss it. It will be funny. I can guarantee you, it will be funny.
0: <laughs> well, if it's anything like this interview has been, it will definitely be entertaining. So,
1: <laughs> right on. Thank you, Clinton.
0: <laughs> Dan, once again, thank you for joining me. It's been a blast. But unfortunately, this about wraps it up, except for okay. me playing a few podcast promos here. So okay. I get to do that, and I will see everybody on the other side. Justice League International Blah Ha, ha Podcast, a new monthly show chronicling the adventures of the JLI era by Keith Giffen and J.M. DeMatteis, will be going issue by issue in release order, tackling the core Justice League title, Justice League Europe, and the quarterly book. Along the way, we'll take time out for special episodes covering various spin offs, cartoon appearances, the infamous TV pilot, and much more. So join me in an ever changing roster of guest hosts as we celebrate your favorite JLI members, such as
1: Martian Manhunter, Batman,
0: Dr. Fate, Black Canary, Fire, Ice, Maxwell Lord, Oberon, Captain Marvel, Rocket Red, Captain Adam, Mr. Miracle. Guy Gardner, Booster Gold, Blue Beetle, Nort, and many, many more. Justice League International Blah Ha Ha Podcast, coming March 2016 as part of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. Want to make something of it? Listen to Longbox Crusade. Everybody, thanks for sticking with me. This is the feedback portion of the show where I get to thank everybody who liked, shared, retweeted, all the fun stuff last episode. As a reminder, last episode was covering the tessellation number one, and we got all the likes, shares, retweets, all the fun stuff like that from Jackson Zelda, Paul Hicks, Mike Phillips, uh, Pat Sampson, Gregory Litchfield. Relatively geeky, Chris Leiden, Professor Frenzy, Ricardo Gonzalez, Al Sedano, Laurel, Chris at BTO and Bet Books, Warlord Worlds, Billy Delicious, Xenozoic Xenophiles, and Ruth and Darren Sutherland. Over on Twitter, we got a little bit of feedback from Billy Delicious. He says, good episode, man. Sounds like a cool concept. Yeah, I kind of thought so, Billy. Oh, Also on Twitter, Laurel says, sounds like a really creative book. Great job with the recap. Hard to get times and character designations worked out for listeners in these types of books, but you managed it well. Well, thank you, Laurel. I, uh, I definitely had a time with it. And we got an email from Jason Zeller. He says, This was an interesting concept for a story. It really makes me think of the multiple universes theory in which there are several alternate universes where a single decision can change someone's entire life and history. The comic really seems to bring this to life. I also really like the idea of two different versions of a person interacting. Great idea for a comic and nice review. Well, thanks, Jason, and I'm glad you uh, got to be caught up and only had to write about one comic this time. I know how sometimes uh, you get a little behind, but, uh, you know, glad to have you caught up with us. And that seemed to be it for the feedback. That was a short but sweet section, but that's all right. I want to remind everybody one last time about Dan and Casey's Kickstarter launching October 13th. Do go check it out. You know, just, if nothing else, look at it and see if Bigfoot knows karate is for you. So, that wraps it up. Sorry for the longer episode, but that's okay. Sometimes content is worth it, right? Right. So, until next time, this is the place where the comics are never too old and the coffee is never too cold. This has been a Coffee and Comics production. All material referenced herein is copyright the respective owners and is believed covered under fair use. Feedback can be left by emailing coffeeandcomicspodcast at gmail.com, visiting the website at coffeeandcomicspodcast.blogspot.com or on Twitter at PLG.